small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And joining me in the Zoom room today, it's a three different time zone episode this week. We've got Dr. Bump Hallbritter in Michigan, and we've got Mr. Robert Wilson in New York. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Actually, Rob and I are in the same time zone. You are? Yeah, I'm not central. We're, we're, we're hanging on the western edge here. We, that's what, we have very long days here. Oh, Rob and I were both in agreement prior to you getting here that this would be uh, nope. I hate to say this, Bump, you're going to have to get in the car and you're going to have to drive to another time zone. This is supposed to be a very special episode. Yeah, this is a very special episode. And now yeah. it's not. Pretend um, I'm okay. Chicago. Let me let me let me change it. Two time zones. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's let's make sure everyone knows. uh Whose voice is whose? Mine is the annoying voice. Rob Wilson, say hello. Rob Wilson, say hello. That's Rob Wilson. And Bump, you say hello. Hi, I'm Bump. All right. Okay, everybody, these are my friends from high school. Rob's been on the show before. Bump has been on the show before. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we even saw each other. It's been a long time since we even talked. We'll try to throw out all our personal conversations uh, during the show. Uh, Rob currently has COVID, getting over it, Yay. and uh, he looks awful. If you could see him, he looks so sick. We are properly socially hand. distanced. Yeah, yes. we are. That's true. We don't have to have masks on in the Zoom room. Uh, Bump is still rocking his long hair because he is currently recording new music for an album that you're going to put out. Correct, Bump? That is correct. Do you have a title for the album? Haven't cut my hair yet. All right. Is that really a title? No. Okay. Uh, it's probably going to be called Time Horizons. Time Horizon. Oh, okay. Hold on. Of course, I get a phone call in the middle of this. I'm just going to take it. Hold on, guys. Hello. I am, I am good. How are you, sir? Yes, you're coming to pick up the car. If you come to the door and knock, my wife will come out. Okay, I'll be there. 20, 30 minutes, exactly. Oh, okay. So you, you, you're just giving me a heads up. Okay. Thank no, you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay. This is the kind of riveting content you can't get wow. anywhere else. And the other oh. thing is, I just, you know, I just wanted to point out that it's 20 to 30 minutes exactly. That's not exactly. I, I just, I just no, you know, I, somebody is struggling with the, with the idea of exactly. Yeah. I'll be in there in a 20 to 30 minute 20? window yeah. at some point. That is not, that's. Just, I, just paying attention. I don't need a call telling him that he's on his way. I told him I, I'll be here all day whenever he gets here. Uh, he's coming to pick up our car to take it to the uh, auto body shop, fo shop folks because uh, yesterday Rita got her driver's license. She got her driver's license yesterday at 9 a.m. And then around 6.15 p.m., uh, she was in a accident. So everyone's okay. No one hurt. Just damage to... Uh, her, our car, her car, it's not her car, our car and another person's car. And, um, and that's it. That's what happened. Day one. Uh, I texted this to bump and Rob and bump. Rob does not have children. He has a dog. 
who he, who is not allowed to drive. No, no. And yet he does. Have a car. <laughs> and yet he does. And yet, yet that dog does drive. <laughs> we, she just Ubers. <laughs> uh, Bump, when I texted it to you, what did you tell me? I told you that that exact same thing happened to my daughter. <laughs> on, on day one. Yeah, I, re- I remember I was teaching. I was in, and uh, this was two years ago, <laughs> nearly two years ago now. She got her driver's license uh, a little after her uh, 16th birthday. And um, and so I was I remember I was in class and I got the text and I was like, um, folks, uh, I got to end class a little early. I've got to rush off to uh, to meet my daughter, who's just been in a car accident. So same thing, though. Nobody was hurt in my you know, to my daughter's uh, defense. I will say that it wasn't it was an icy day. It had, you know, yeah, it had it had. Uh, it had started to, uh, you know, we had just started to get some snow and some ice and, uh, and you know, she just slid right, right into the guy in front of her in a, in a intersection. So, yeah. Well, now I feel like I need, well. quali- I need to qualify for my daughter. It was a perfectly sunny day and, uh, traveling conditions were perfect. Ah, okay. Also, but it's uh, California. So yeah. it's California. my daughter, my daughter will be 19 next month. So she waited quite a while to get her, um, driver's license right uh there we go very upset very uh very sad and embarrassed yesterday chastened i'm sure yeah so uh we uh i'm sure like you you didn't uh you didn't uh, raise a fuss no 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 we had we we locked her in a closet for (laughs) six months after that but uh, aside (laughs) from that you know after after child services came by and we straightened things out they understood sort of in a way um I'm still wearing the ankle bracelet. <laughs> You're still apologizing today. I hope that continues for quite a while. I'd like to hold that over her head for a while. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> um, today, we've uh, we've tried to do this a couple of times, and then I kept uh, messing up the time. Uh, the last time we tried, Rob showed up in the Zoom room uh, by himself. How'd that episode go, Rob? I haven't heard it yet. Fantastic. Fantastic? All right, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, you've already seen the artwork and you've read the description, folks. We're doing a tribute to Jeff Beck today. Now, I have two people that are actual musicians, so they're probably going to bring some tech talk to this thing. Uh, I just have some songs and solos that I like. So I'll just say, I like this one, and then I'll play that one. And that's it. Bump an ETA on this album coming out. Um, I don't know. I'm about halfway through tracking, so I'm guessing it's, it's going to be sometime in late fall. You know, definitely by by the holidays. Are you um, playing all the instruments a la Prince or Lenny Kravitz? Uh, everything but the drums. All right. No machine, though. Real, We're going to have live drums, right? These are live drums. Right. And uh, yeah, and just and doing all the rest and all the engineering, all the recording, all the everything. So it's um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of work. All right. I bet it is. Fun. I bet it. Are you are you triple tracking the vocals and using them as background vocals? Um, well, I, yeah, I'm doing all the background vocals too. So you know, it's um, there's a whole lot of me. <laughs> are we go, are we recording the tape and then we're going to transfer that to digital? No, it's going uh, directly into the into the uh, computer. All right, I'm trying to pretend like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Yeah, there's none of that. None of that. <laughs> any uh, no any special guests uh, singing possibly with you? Oh yeah, my daughter. That's 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 right. There's there is one other person other than the drums. There is one other person. That's my daughter, 
Bennett, uh, aforementioned, uh, now that she's, you know, no longer um, driving cars into other cars, um, is uh, has done a, 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 an outstanding job um, singing on the on the record. Oh, and is that uh, is that a duet style thing? Is she singing a, a track by herself? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a duet thing. It actually it sort of starts off being me, and then it then we sing together. She sort of sings in support of me, and by the end of the song, I'm singing in support of her. All right, I can't wait to hear this thing. Yeah. All right, and I'm Rob, very happy uh, with it. Rob, what are you doing creatively currently? Oh no! Oh, uh -oh. oh yeah! Oh, he's bringing out the uke. No, I just got a just got a new uke. Very just nice. Just got a new one. Yeah. Nice. How many do you have now? Super thin. Um, it's cool. It's it's even it's even smaller. Um, seven. Not enough. I don't know. And where do you store those in a New York apartment? They hang on the wall, much oh, like perfect. bump has behind him. Yes. Out in the front hallway, I got my little self myself a little place where all my ukes hang up, and I got a little side table for a beverage. And uh, <laughs> it's far enough away from the bedroom so that I can play at night, so Jen doesn't hear me. All right, excellent, excellent. And I'm still doing this, pretending that this is a creative outlet. Okay, with that, folks, let's uh, we're going to jump into this. I'm going to bump. I'm going to let Rob go first since he uh, since he pulled the carpet out from under us and brought 16 songs. All right. We'll let Rob Wait, go first. I'm happy for him to go first. I just want to hear what you guys come up with. I know what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob has quite an eclectic list. I got to be honest. It's pretty cool. Not that yours isn't, Bump, but uh, Rob pulled some things out that I, I didn't even know about. I was like, oh, I forgot about that or well, I didn't know about I've, that. I've always known Jeff Beck as somebody who plays on other people's albums. Um, you know, I... Is, as much, you know, solo work as he's done, that's not where I know him from. Yeah. Except for the first time I ever heard him. And that was in Mrs. Lover's music appreciation class. Oh my. And wow. uh, someone brought in Blow by Blow. And the first Jeff Beck song that I ever knew that was Jeff Beck was Constipated Duck. Mm -hmm. All right. And she played that during during class. She played the whole album. Uh, she played Constipated Duck. Okay. And then there was another track, which I don't remember, but the Constipated Duck just stuck with me for some reason. All right. Let's hear it. Constipated Duck. Jeff Beck, Blow by Blow, 1975. in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania at the time. Absolutely it was. Is not You did not hear this on WFBG. No, you didn't. <laughs> that is not the rock about tuna. No. You would hear, uh, in, boy, in 75, what would you hear? I don't know. You'd hear some 
super sounds of the 70s one hit wonder i'm sure well at the time i was listening to kiss yeah that was that was my big band so this was uh this was very un unlike anything i'd ever heard maybe a little undercover angel Angel. (laughs) it'd be like i think that's around 75 maybe devil devil woman by cliff richard nice Mm. uh maybe thunder island by jay ferguson nice (laughs) now i'm gonna ask you guys this question when you when you write an instrumental piece why would he name it constipated duck what's where do these titles come from on these instrumentals when it's uh when it's a song with lyrics it's usually uh a line or a couple words pulled from the lyrics but i would think this would be weird to come up with a title for instrumentals well the the clav kind of sounds duck-like it's kind of cracking so Mm -hmm. there's that constipated who knows maybe it was hard to push this one out i don't know oh i like that that's good well he's got a lot of songs that he just gives these weird names to Mm. you got to name them something you do that's true you can't just name it song track one i mean i guess you could I think on that same album, it's either that or Wired. I can't remember which one it is. There's Head for Backstage, Head for Backstage Pass. I'm I I have a I have a theory about where that title came from, but autobiographical. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Bump. It looks like your first song, if you want to stick with the, your running order, is from Blow by Blow. Ta-da! But you can you can jump around. You can yeah. you can say whatever. No, it's, I'll take that one. I mean, I think it's, this is, you know, like if there's the quintessential Jeff Beck song for me, um, it's this. And I, I hadn't, I didn't even know the history of the song for a long, long time. I want, you know, I just loved it. I, and I just love his performance on it. Um, but it's, just, it's a Stevie Wonder song. Um, it's a song that he had written for um, uh, a female artist. And, um, and so, uh, you know, as Jeff Beck has done throughout his career, he listens to other songs and he goes, I just love this song and I'm going to do this. Another one on my list, Nadia, same kind of thing. It was just performed by a female singer. And he said, I just, I think I can do this on guitar. And um, so cause we've ended his lovers is, is that. And yeah, I just, th- I just think it's the quintessential Jeff Beck song. All right. Let's find out if it really is cause we've ended as lovers coming at you. nice very nice i did not listen to these before, prior to the show i just queued them up put them in order because i want to be surprised that's excellent yeah really you can nice. I, you know like if you really when you sit down with it and you listen to it you can really hear the stevie wonder in it and you can you can you know the melodic movement of it is so is very stevie wonder yeah, but he had a he had a history with stevie wonder he, i didn't realize that he had had a, a role in in 
the birth of the song Superstition. Jeff Beck was playing with him. He played, was playing it on drums, I guess, and that's the song came out of that. So, yeah, crazy. Well, since we ta- we're talking about Stevie Wonder, I actually have one from Talking Book. What a good, I mean, this one's great. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This one's called Looking for Another Pure Love. looking for another pure love what uh tell me what can you guys tell me about jeff beck's tone everyone always talks about tone with guitar players hmm. rob what you got I, you know tone i i think his the thing for me that's special is the way he uses the whammy bar uh the, he gets he gets in between notes and I think that's what makes his sound unlike anybody else's. He lives in a place where nobody else can reach. And he does things there that nobody else, you know, when you hear Jeff Beck playing that it's Jeff Beck. I don't know how he gets there. I don't either. It's uh well, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. I've said before, it's a magic trick to me, how this music uh, happens when you guys play it, when anyone plays it. And one of the things I think that is also special, I mean, he, like he approaches the guitar in a way that is unlike most people. Um, he, I mean, in a, if you listen to guitar players talk about Jeff Beck, it's, you know, it's tri- trite at this point. Everybody just says he's unique. And that's because he is. He just, like, there's, there literally isn't any other, anybody else that does Jeff Beck stuff. Um, and that's more than the whammy bar. It's like, he's often with the Stratocaster, he's working the volume, um, knob, he's working the whammy bar. He's playing with his fingers and not with a pick. And he's either using a slide on his left hand or he's bending notes with his left hand as well. So, um, he really coaxes sounds out of the guitar in ways that are utterly unique and if you watch him play if you watch videos of him play it looks utterly uncomfortable it does um, look uncomfortable it looks like he's I mean, wrestling it, the guitar i mean it looks like like i have like his hands must ache uh and, you know they must have just ached um because there's nothing that seems natural about the way he holds his hands but um but that was what made it happen i mean you can sort of hear him playing um with his fingers in you know, right hand fingers on that song that you just played the Stevie wonder tune. I will also tell you that if you don't know anything about Jeff Peck, Jeff Peck, who's Jeff Peck, <laughs> Jeff Beck, 
I don't edit that out. I just leave it in. Everyone makes mistakes. Uh, you need to find still on the run, the Jeff Beck story, the documentary that came out, I think in 2018, it's fantastic. Like I didn't know anything about Jeff Beck and it was just fascinating to me. And every one of his peers loves him. Like no, there's no one that doesn't love him or respect him. That's I just wa- I just watched that movie again right before we did this. I'm like I'm just going to get a refresher. So it's I just so good. It it's so good. And so since good. we are talking about tone, in conjunction with this episode, I'm going to give away two of these books. Look at this thing, Tone oh, wow. Chaser: Understanding wow. Edward, my <laughs> your journey with Edward Van Halen, written by Stephen Rosen. Stephen sent me two of these. They're both signed. This book is massive. Wow. And there's not, there's only like, I don't know, four or five pictures in it, 575 pages. It's, it's really incredible. So it's, it's too many words. If you, it's a lot of words. Uh, actually, there's only two words on each page though. No, that's convenient. But yeah, tone chaser. Since we, I brought up the word tone, I didn't expect to promote that now, but so I did anyway. So there you go. We're going to be giving those away in conjunction with this episode. And with that, we move on to Rob Wilson. What's your next track? Well, uh, it's Heartful of Soul, uh, the Yardbirds. Jeff Beck was invited to join the Yardbirds after Clapton left. Can you imagine? And like, arguably one of the most famous guitarists in the universe leaves a band and then they call you. And say, yeah, we'd like you to replace him. Wow. <laughs> that says something about the ability that he had to play as young as he was. I mean, he was very talented from the very beginning. And uh, Heartful of Soul, the opening riff is literally the first thing he sat down to play with the band when they started their first recording sessions together. He sat down and he pumped it out and I think they only did three takes and they ended up using the first one and that's what's on the album. And that's what we're going to hear. All right. I've already turned the sound up. So when I uh, drop the digital needle, we will hear it immediately. Here we go. Oh, I love the British invasion. Oh, love it's, it. Uh, it just sounds really, you know, if you had to pick a 60s sound, you know, yeah. that's that to me, that 12 string in the background and that little twangy, it's an almost kind of solo. It's like they, they were discovering how to, how it all works. And then the, the good stuff wouldn't come for another couple of years, but uh, he was in it right from the start. 
I wonder if he had any hesitation about stepping into Clapton's shoes. Well, according to that documentary, um, I don't think so. Well, they already knew each other, but but uh, apparently Clapton was Clapton's version of this of what happened in the movie and in that in the documentary is that that he was they were sort of threatening Clapton that they were going to bring in Jeff Beck. And he said, then, you know, he went out and listened to him play. He's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And uh, so if, you know, that's that's how. So Clapton was sort of replaced by him. Um, it wasn't that Clapton, you know, quit or moved on and then they needed to find a replacement. And they, I think they, at least according to to uh, Clapton in that movie, um, uh, they kind of recruited Jeff Beck, uh, maybe because because Clapton was kind of getting pretty, he was, he had quite a following. <laughs> but well, I mean, think, think about this. So Yardbirds, and then um, when uh, uh, Pink Floyd lost their guitarist, they were thinking about bringing in Jeff Beck. Mm. When the Stones lost Brian, they thought about bringing in Jeff Beck. Of course. It's, crazy yeah he yeah. was in demand yeah he was the guy well thank god someone did some research for this <laughs> he was the guy and i'm glad you watched the documentary just uh recently bump because uh i don't remember specifics from it i can't even remember the movie jaws i forget what happens i think there's a there's some is it ocean sinks i think a ship sinks they need a they need, need a bigger one right uh moving on to bump what's your second track what is my second track? My second track is... It can actually be anything you want. Well, it's Behind the Veil is my second one. That's actually right. And it's from Guitar Shop. I love this album cover. It's pretty oh, cool. It's terrific. I love cover. this record. I mean, I just really... I'm a big Terry Bozio fan uh, to begin with, but I think that this record is just outstanding. I uh, was lucky enough to see Terry Bozio play when he was in The Knack. And I got to tell you, that's too much drums for The Knack. <laughs> He does have quite a few. I mean, uh, I would think so. He, I can't. I mean, it kind of blows my mind that he ever played with the Knack. Uh, he's on my favorite Knack album called Zoom, and he brings that full crazy kit when I saw him, and I'm like, that's he's not even touching half of those drums. It was insane. You don't maybe need they're all just connected together. They have to move maybe. them as a unit. You don't need chimes and a gong for my Sharona. Here's behind the veil. Seen the... O'Hearn play on that? What's that? Bump? No, 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 no. It's Tony Hymas. So there's it's a three piece group, and so there's no bass on it. 
Um, uh, which is really interesting because then, you know, like there was a lot of videos out there with, um, what he was doing this, like when Tal was, was playing bass for him and it, it plays so well, the song plays so well with a, a bass player. Um, but Tony Hymas did all the bass, um, on the keyboards. The whole, the whole section that was played, it sounds a lot like, uh, like Patrick O'Hearn's solo work mm. it was weird. First time I heard it, I thought it would, might've been Patrick O'Hearn on there, mm -hmm. yeah. but Patrick O'Hearn played with, uh, with Zappa or, uh, with, uh, Bozio in, yeah. uh, missing, missing person. persons. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now bump, you throw out the name tall. Like everyone knows who that is. Uh, tell everyone who that young lady is. It's tall Wilkenfeld. I think I'm saying her, her name correctly tall I think so. and, and not tall but um yeah so at, when she started playing with with jeff beck i think she was only like 20 or 21 um and uh from australia and uh just a prodigy and i don't know if i mean if, if you've ever heard her music on her own her first record that came out was uh just a, i mean like a hardcore sort of jazz fusion record um, with her playing bass. And I think that was done, you know, just like a couple of years after she started playing bass, she started late even. Mm. Um, and then, uh, she also has another, um, album that she released a couple of years ago that I just love with her singing. Um, and I think she's a really interesting artist. And you see the relationship in the documentary and I can't imagine how devastated she was at the loss of Jeff Beck, who appears to be a father figure to her. There's nothing creepy about this relationship they come together with their love of music and he he seems to look after her you know just like you would uh you know one of your children and it's uh that was one of my favorite parts in the documentary too their their relationship when they're in rooms together and and just doing music really cool yeah all right let's move on to something uh completely different this is from 1985. Mick Jagger releases a solo album, his first one called She's the Boss. The album kicks off with a song called Lonely at the Top, written by Mick and Keith. So obviously, this might have been a Rolling Stones song at some point. And the solo on this song is done by none other than Jeff Beck. And I love the song and I love this solo. Here we go. it is there it is lonely at the top sounds like it was recorded in a bathroom <laughs> uh that's from the 2019 remastered cd we might be dealing with a little bit of what they call the loudness wars on that uh on that cd on that mp3 but um yeah there it is i do like that solo got nothing for me guys thanks okay let's move <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Uh, Rob track three for you. What's going on? We're just going right down the list over under sideways down. It's another opening riff. 
Uh, it's iconic. Again, it's one of those stories where he just walked into the studio, they played the song, and then he went off, came back 10 minutes later, cut the beginning of the song. All right. Oh, hold on, guys. Got a call coming Uh-oh. in. Got to take it. I have it. a feeling I know who this is. Has it been 20 to 30 minutes exactly it's yet? Been, it's I think been he's exactly 5 to 20 10 to 30 minutes out. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm front of your house, sir. Um, if you could come knock on the door, my wife will uh, will uh, come down and answer the door for you and give you the key. Okay, no problem. Okay, I'm currently podcasting. Thank, okay, no. thank, sure. Thank you. He doesn't know what that means. No, that's why I said it. He has no idea what it is. And I don't know how to do his job, so we're even. Okay, over, under, sideways, down. Here we go. I like it. I like it. Remember Uh, that sitar kind of guitar? That's what he was going for, but they didn't have a sitar. So he was (laughs) manufacturing that with his own fingers. Yep. But that was literally what they they wanted. They wanted a Middle Eastern kind of theme to it for whatever reason. And he just pulled it off. Now, Bump, as a guitar player, this might be for a lot of guitar players, you listen to jeff beck play and then you you want to play that uh and you try how quickly do you give up i mean like some people you just don't even try i mean i don't anyways i don't have those kind of chops but you know but the, the thing that i always hear like i hear like his version of um somewhere over the rainbow or something you know and it's like and some of that kind of stuff because it's the sort of more s- slow melodic kind of thing and we're like you know because we've ended his lovers that would be a good one to start with um uh you know you can pull that off but you know then you just sort of get lost in how is it that he gets the feel or how is it that he he does what he does um uh it's i mean he's again he's unique he does you know listen to the guitar players out there talking you know great guitar players you know well known well respected david gilmore you know we were talking about pink floyd earlier you know gilmore you know just it you know reveres um uh jeff beck when you're an, when you're a genius and an innovator it's you're the only one that can do it it can't be replicated people can try yeah. but it's not going to happen i mean what a weird thing i mean like how, it, how many people play guitar I mean, it's just seven I mean, it's, it's 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 insane how many people play guitar yeah. and but yet you can have somebody like jeff beck where you go like no he's that guy he's, <laughs> he's the only one that sounds like that of the millions over over the last 50 60 years of people of everyone playing guitar yeah. he's the guy that sounds like that i mean most, and oh. most i mean most guitars are the same they got the same equipment but he well, that's in the He's reinvented the instrument. 
Well, that's the thing that is also I think that's really interesting about him is you listen to folks, and I've heard this story told by multiple people, and where they say I was in a room with Jeff Beck, and we were playing with a bunch of people. Other people left, and Jeff Beck went over to the other guitar, or he picked up my guitar with my rig. <laughs> That was just, that is my rig that I use for my sound. Yeah. And he picked it up and he was Jeff Beck with my rig, you know, or I, or I had a chance to play his rig and I didn't sound like Jeff Beck. Um, (laughs) There was one story that I think was the greatest in that he showed up for a a, a session and they said he walked into the session carrying a cardboard box. Oh yeah. And he opened up the cardboard box and in the cardboard box was apparently a, like a Hello Kitty Stratocaster that somebody had given him and he did the session with the Hello Kitty Stratocaster. And he was like, you know, he plugged it in and he was Jeff Beck. Well, now he's just showing off at that point. (laughs) Right. Right? Now he's just rubbing your face in it. That's just silly. I, I look at a guitar and, and you look at the talent playing the guitar and it's like, like a typewriter. Everybody has the same typewriter. Yeah. And there are people who can write a novel. There's somebody who can write a screenplay, somebody who writes poetry that nobody else can do, but they're all using the same instrument. Yeah. That's I think it. that's, that's mm-hmm. where Beck lives. I like that. That, that, I like that a lot, Rob. Very good. Uh, I had a question. I forgot it. That's okay. It'll come back to me or not important. Uh, let's move on to bump. What's your third song tonight? The pump. Did you say the bump? The pump. Pump. Yeah. Not Jeff, not Jeff Peck. (laughs) The bump. No, the pump. Jeff Peck, the bump. Look, it wouldn't be a show if I didn't make multiple mistakes. Yeah. All right. This is from there and back 1980. We step into the eighties. I assume this is going to be some disco stuff, right? I think, I think, you know, like I remember, I think I heard this, I think I got this record late. Um, cause this was a 1980 album, but I, I think I got it later and I may have even gotten it by way of tracking down more Jan Hammer stuff. Oh, know? okay. Yeah. And because I, you know, I had like the Neil Sean and, and Jan Hammer. I sure. Yeah. Not sure. Um, but anyways, I had that and then I saw him on this or something. And I think I may have gotten it or it may have even been a little bit later um, because of Risky Business, because this song is in that that is in the, the movie Risky Business. All right, here we go. What is Jan Hammer playing on this track? Nothing. Oh, okay. This is actually a Tony Hymas song. 
So wow. it's Tony Hymas and uh, Simon Phillips is playing drums on this one. Oh, I love Simon so, Phillips. Yeah, the, there and back is a really interesting um, record because it sort of sits. It literally sits between, uh, you know, like the the stuff that was happening with Wired, and then what happened with uh, uh, Guitar Shop. So Guitar Shop was Tony Hymas. Okay. Um, and then uh, Jan Hammer came in at, at the end of Wired. That was. George Martin produced that one as well after Blow by Blow, but then he left early to to go do a, I guess a, a a record by America, and uh, Jan Hammer came in and mixed half of that record and then contributed a song as well. Gotcha, Blue Wind. All right, uh, the guitar is the sexiest instrument, right? Can, are we in agreement? Saxophone's yeah. pretty sexy. It, it is, but but. I, I believe in the history of all music, probably guitar has gotten more people laid. Yeah. Although you could, if you call it the saxophone, then I guess maybe That's true, true pun intended. Uh, true, true. What do I got for you? All right. Let me find more stuff. You guys won't enjoy this is from 1984. This is, um, this is Jeff teams up uh, after a long time with Rod Stewart for Rod's, album camouflage which is not, not a great album but there's some good guitar work on three tracks because jeff beck plays on three tracks this was a single there's a video jeff's in the video this is infatuation hmm. a little 80s There you go. Great. No comments necessary. I know you hated it. <laughs> no, I love it. That's that was in that era when Jeff was playing that pink Jackson soloist. Oh, that yeah. that was his guitar. You know, yeah, that, that stripy was, shirt he would always wear. Yeah, man. Pink, pink guitar. I was like, way to go, Jeff Beck. Playing a pink guitar. What are you gonna do? You can't make fun of Jeff Beck. No. Uh, you have a pink. You have a pink guitar. He's going to go, yeah, it sounds like fucking this. What do you think of that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the quintessential 80s guitar. And he was playing that, you know, it was like the only, it was that only, this one little window in his career where he wasn't playing like a classic guitar. Yeah. He was embracing the 80s a little bit with that pink guitar. He went for it. All right, Rob, you have a collaboration from way back in maybe 19, in the 60s. You're leaning yeah, heavy into uh, the 60s. Well, I, there was uh, there was a lot of collaboration going on. You know, everybody was trading guitarists at the time. Uh, Donovan came into the studio and uh, had a song that he had written, and he was doing some vocal work for somebody else, and uh, convinced uh, what was it the Jeff Beck Group? Yeah, it was his backing band. Yep, um, and they sat down and. He had a nonsense word that he had written, Barabajagal. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it. Yeah, wow. it's, uh, but, uh, so they sat down in the, in the, uh, in the studio, cranked it out. There was, uh, 
minimal overdubbing. I think they might have done it in, in two goes. And uh, I'm a fan of the song. I don't know if it charted, but uh, I think people should give it a a listen to. It's weird. What's the song called again? Uh, let me look at it closer. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Barabajagal. All right. It's a man's name that they made up. Sure it is. Here we go. <laughs> After he grew his his hair really long, he would wear that that dot in the middle of his forehead from the yeah. uh, the, uh, the religious sect. Yeah, uh, that probably doesn't fly in twenty twenty three if he shows up with that on the dot yeah. in his forehead. Might not be uh, not, might not be welcome. Um, there's a groove there. It's it, it, it is, really it's gets, great. gets going. It's it's nice. When I hear the songs you guys pick, I'm starting to hate my picks. All I right, love you guys' picks. I'm really happy with your picks. <laughs> well, I, I we are given a wide range of stuff. I got to be honest. It's pretty great. There's no crossovers, I don't believe, in any of these yeah. three, uh, lists. So that's that's good for the listener. Tons of songs. Especially if you don't know anything about Jeff Beck, you're getting a, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Bump, your next song you mentioned earlier. Yeah, Nadia. Yeah, I mean, what a tune. I mean, there's a couple of things. There's you know, um, another one that's coming up like that's sort of similar to this is Where Were You? But um, but Nadia, I mean, this is where that whammy bar thing that that um, Rob was talking about, boy, it's really, this is where he just really showcases because he plays so much that's, um, it, you know, for guitar players, your left hand is generally where the notes, if you're a right-handed guitar player, your left hand is where the notes um, are produced. And your right hand is responsible for sort of coaxing, coaxing out, either with a pick or with your fingers, getting those, you know, activating the strings to, to activate those notes. But that's not what Jeff Beck's doing literally at all. Um, he's doing a combination of bending with his left hand and hitting notes that are on frets but then he often will stay there and move between two or three or four different notes just with the whammy bar. Um, and is able to make those rather make those distinct notes. Um, that's how crazy his ear is. And in Nadia, this is, you know, an Indian song. Um, and so it's got these sort of, you know, Demi semitone things that are going on too. So it's just incredible that this is something that can be played on a guitar. It's this is masterclass guitar playing. 
And like Donovan, I'm pretty sure Jeff Beck made this name up, this Nadia. I'm pretty sure he just made that up. So here we go. And Rob, because you guys are musicians, when you listen to an instrumental album, uh, do you remember? Do you remember the track names? Like when you're listening to the whole album, do you go, "Oh, this one's that. This one's, you know, Couch Potato, and this one's uh, Water Bottle, and this one's Big Pen." Like, do you remember it? No. No. Yeah, I usually don't. It's weird, right? Yeah. All you right. got to name them something. Well, That's this is a this is a cover song. So this is, I mean, this song was done. This it was called Nadia. Um, and uh, so that's, that's where this one comes from. Um, and if you listen, if you ever hear the, you know, the original version of this, the singing on it, it's a woman who does the singing is, in, is incredible. And that's sort of the inspiration for all the things that, that Jeff Beck is doing. I think, you know, the thing that is really outstanding to me with Jeff Beck is I think of him mostly melodically, you know, like, like his music makes sense to me as a Beatles fan. Okay. Um, you know, he's like that kind of a guitar hero, um, in that he's not, I mean, you listen to guitar players talk about it and, you know, and you think about him being this crazy, weird innovator um but he's not like a robert fripp or you know kind of guy that's just like making crazy music um that you know that very few people can really follow i mean this is instantly accessible yeah um because he plays melodies yeah i think he uses what he plays is his voice yeah he's singing with the guitar he's not playing i mean you can hear at times there are two different Jeff Becks. Yes. There's the one who's like the crazy soloist and he's doing all of this stuff and he's making weird sounds and all of that. And then you you also hear him where where he's using the voice to play through as, as a melody, as, as you would sing it, or mm-hmm. as somebody would play a melody on a piano, he's using the guitar as a voice. Yeah. And that I think that's what makes him so accessible rather than somebody like um Eddie Van Halen who who did a lot of tricks and you know there there's a melody there but it's the song is in service of the what he's doing on the guitar whereas mm-hmm. I think Jeff was always using the voice to sing the song that's being played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. I mean, it's like, or a Steve Vai or somebody like that, you know, like the people who you go like, well, these are these smoking, you know, hot 
you know, guitar players right now. Like everybody's talking about Nuno Bentoncourt again. Um, and, you know, and, and they are, they're amazing players, but I think there's something safe about them in the fact that I would expect that once they learn their songs, they're going to play them and they're going to nail them every night. I think the, the thing that's really interesting about Jeff Beck is he seems like he's, you know, he plays sort of, you know, like balancing his chair, you know, like leaning back, like at any point in time, it feels like that chair is going to go over, <laughs> you know, like he's going to tip and he's going to just crash and burn. He always feels like, you know, there's something about his playing that always feels like it's on the edge of not being able to be held together. Like it's just going to crash and burn, but it doesn't. Um, and I think that's what makes him exciting. That's another word that comes up an awful lot when you hear people talk about Jeff Beck is they talk about him just being innovative and risk-taking um, and a guy who never quit developing. You know, I mean, Jimmy Page is, is you know, really, I think the person I've heard the most just say, it, it, Jeff just kept getting better and better and better, you know, and while so many folks sort of, you know, sort of retire into what they've done, he. Jeff Beck never did that. I mean, he, he kept going the whole way through his career. Now for my listeners from time to time, when these guys are talking technical, you'll hear me in the background and I'll say, yeah, or right. I don't know what they're talking about. So I just want you to know that I, I know when you're listening, you're thinking Pat doesn't know what he's talking, what they're talking about. And I just want you to know that I don't. So I'm just saying that to get my voice in the, on the show. So uh, to what bump just said, I'm going to say exactly, exactly. I agree. 100%. All right, here's some of my nonsense. It's more Mick Jagger from the same album, She's the Boss. This was a single. This is just another night. I'm sure it'll be too loud for Rob. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's some type of a Spanish guitar sound. Could be. Yeah. It sounded it sounded a little classical guitar, nylon stringy. Well, I did it say, correct, strikes I me did say correct me. In a in a electric guitar player picks up an acoustic guitar and does a solo. It always sounds like an electric guitar player playing an acoustic guitar. There's something something about the the way you play an electric guitar doesn't always move over to acoustic yeah right who are we moving on to uh it's rob's turn definitely right. maybe no no it's definitely your turn okay then play definitely maybe all right that's from uh well i took this from the box set so i had this so if you have beckology this is on disc two let me turn it up because Rob's been starting a lot from the beginning, which is good. It's fine.
it's an incredible thing he's doing. He's working a, a wah-wah pedal. He's got the whammy bar. He's bending notes with his with his left hand. And to me, it's kind of like a trumpet player using the the mute. You know, you you can hear it build up and but it's all held back. And then it kind of bleeds out and then he pulls it back in. And it's such control. It's amazing. I like the songs you guys are picking because the guitar is front and center. Uh, The songs I've picked, the guitar is uh, buried in a muddy mix. That was a good one. I enjoyed that one, Rob. Good. All right. Bump, your turn. What's next? Goodbye, pork pie hat. Excuse me? Goodbye, pork pie hat. That's a lot. This is... I know it's off a of wired and uh it's a Charles Mingus tune. Um and uh yeah, so um, you know, George Martin was a, a, a great producer. I mean these Globe Light Below and, and Wired were just so good. I mean, they're just so good. All right, goodbye, pork pie hat from nineteen seventy-six wired. <laughs> Another great one. Oh, God, so good. And the thing I, I you know, I, I mean, I love a couple of things about this particular one is one, there's so much space in it. You know what I mean? There's just so much, there's a lot of time that he's not playing. And, uh, and so, I mean, the, you were talking about tone before. Here's one that I think is just dripping with feel. Um, and I don't know that you always, you know, think about Jeff Beck and you go, oh, you, you get so lost in the techniques that sometimes you sort of forget that the guy just really did bleed music. I mean, he, he really played so beautifully. And I think this is one of those. I mean, it really sounds like a singer. But the other thing that's really interesting about it is he's working that volume knob all throughout the time that he's doing it. And sometimes the guitar sounds really fat and thick and heavy because he's really maxing out the volume and it's coming across really distorted but then he's rolling that volume back and at some points you get really crystal clear notes and that's all in the flow of the play um and that i think that nobody's done that ever better than jeff beck i'm gonna have to agree if he would play that song live how would he even remember what he did in the studio with that volume knob. Like I, I can't even imagine it. 
But I, you know, like that's one thing that I would say that's an interesting thing about Jeff Beck. Like if the people who were like the generation ahead of us, like the, those folks that were music fans that were just, you know, like, you know, five to 10 years older than us who were in love with the Jeff Beck group and, you know, and, you know, and they, Truth and Beckola were like, wow, that's it. Um, I listened to Jeff Beck play in then, and I think like there's a live guitarist who goes to the studio and does his live guitar playing in the studio. Mm. But I think that when when Blow by Blow and Wired came along, that changed everything. And he now you listen to Jeff Beck, and I think you you hear him as a studio guitar, a, a person who records, who then goes and plays live. And um, and so I think that you're right to say, how would he do that? How would he remember it from yeah. the studio? And, you know, the only thing I would come up with that is I really feel like the kinds of things that Jeff does on the guitar, he's doing because he apparently hears that and he's following the way he wants that melody to sound. And so I don't think he's remembering what he did. It's more like dance steps, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for him and that like, and now here's now the sound needs to be this. And so instinctively, and because he's been playing for so long, he knows that that comes with the rolling the, the, the volume down and then you roll the volume up for the next thing. And so it all becomes sort of that push pull of the feel of, of playing that his playing just is oozing with. I think. Do you think a guy like Jeff Beck knows how to play guitar so well that he might not uh, know how to do anything else. Like if his wife asked him to put uh, some dishes in the dishwasher, he would fuck it up. I want to think that he would. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff Beck's the wrong person to pick on because the guy built cars. Uh, okay, so you know? he, he's, a, two he's a real son of a bitch that way. You he know, I mean, things. like he, he didn't just fix them; he built them. Yeah, built them. What a uh, seems yeah, like an asshole. Up. I know what a dick. All right. And and he nurtured all these brand new, uh, you know, musicians that came along too. I mean, it's like, what a jerk. I know. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I mean, we all know that being a mentor is uh, stupid. Why would he do that? All right. Just training the people that are going to replace you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. If you liked the song that Bump played, you're going to love that I'm playing... uh... Jeff Beck, once again with Mick Jagger from 1987, different album. It's from Primitive Cool. This song's called Throw Away. And it, I don't think it is, but you might.
Let me ask you guys, how does this work when you play on someone else's album? Does does Mick call you up and you go in and do you get paid? Are you doing it as a favor and, and for the hang? Or does or do these guys you have to sign some paperwork when it's all over? I kind of feel like sometimes they just go I and get do invited, it. so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Bump, do you have any idea from all your excursions in the music world? Is that even a sentence? I don't know. I think it was definitely a sentence. Yeah. Was, um, I, I don't know. I mean, when Mick Jagger calls me up to go do that, I mean, we, you know, I has to go through all of my, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know, but he's collaborated with a hell of a lot of people. He's played on a whole lot of people's plays. You yeah, know, he, he has. Years. So I hope he's getting paid for that. Or I hope he I did guess, get paid for that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he did. Okay. All right. Also, here's what I want to tell people. I say it all the time. If there's someone that you've never seen live, that you've always wanted to see and they're getting up there. Any of our veteran artists, you got to go see them. Cause Jeff Beck came to thousand Oaks just a few years ago. That's a 15 minute drive from my house. And I was going to go. Cause I'm like, I should go see Jeff Beck. Sure. I won't know all these songs, but I'll be seeing a legend. So I should go see it. And then I didn't. And now I can't. So look, if there's anyone, Anyone on your list, you got to go. What are you waiting for? Especially if they're on tour now, buy the ticket, go see them. Don't have regrets about it. I'm so glad I did. I I only saw him once. You did see him. him, I saw him right before COVID. And I saw him, it was um, uh, Ann Wilson. He opened, wait, did he open for COVID? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he did. He opened for COVID. All right. Go ahead. I I interrupted. Nobody wants to follow COVID. (laughs) do not follow COVID. um yeah so it was ann wilson um and then uh paul rogers and then jeff beck and i mean my god what a show that was that's amazing who went with you to that show uh i went with uh with my wife and i went with um our friends who we go to concerts with all right holly and dave down in ann arbor and uh my god what a show that was they were so good paul rogers was outstanding amazing he's the voice they call him the voice there's a reason yeah i mean and you know and there's a big crossover i think in terms of the voice who they called the voice at the time was rod stewart but i I was always more of a paul rogers guy myself all right rob is there anyone you haven't seen that you need to go see you know i don't go to see a lot of live music i prefer studio albums just well, me. I mean, if I'm listening at home, I like to listen to a studio album over a live album, but it's different from going to see them live. Yeah, I just, oftentimes I, you know, when I was a kid, we were poor. I never got to see concerts. Yeah. Um, and the few that I, I did see, a lot of them uh, disappointed me because there are a lot of musicians who can't cover live what they do in the studio. Right. And that just always made me crazy. Um, A notable exception is rush rush would nail everything from the album. They could do it live. I went to go see Pearl jam and I left halfway through because they could not do live what they did on the album. So I kind of shy away from that. And, uh, I don't, uh, I don't really feel like I'm missing out. 
Yeah. Well, the studio album is never going to disappoint you. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. I guess that's the reason. All right. There's, a, there's an right. album by Mark Knopfler and Emmy Lou Harris. And I think the studio album, it's Mark Knopfler and Emmy Lou Harris. Mm-hmm. And um, it's called um, All the Road Running. And then there's a live album that is Emmy Lou Harris and Mark Knopfler. And it's called uh, Real Live Road Running. And if you're a person who doesn't like um, uh, live albums, I would say that's probably one that you want to listen to because I think that record's actually better than the studio record. Um, wow. It's Emmy Lou Harris and Mark Knopfler um, are just truly outstanding on that record. And it's such a cool collection of the songs that they do together and songs from their individual uh, histories as well. It's, it's a magnificent record. And another guitarist who, when you hear him, you immediately know it's Mark, Mark Knopfler. No, yeah. I can't even say his name, but I know it's him. Knopfler. He has extra consonants in there. It's yeah. yeah. yeah I, I stumbled on the word Mark. All right. Track six from Rob. Uh, got the feeling from Rough and Ready. Here we go. Let me kick it off right here. Not paying attention. Now, where did it go? There it is. That's fantastic. It sounds like the 70s. It's like they took oh my all God. of the good stuff from the 70s, just mashed it into one song. I got to go watch a black exploitation flick now. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. I think the war's in there somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, little little Santana in the background. Yeah. It's everything. That's really great. Love it. Working um, that Wawa. Bump, earlier you mentioned uh, Nuno. Is it yeah. ben- Bentoncourt? Do they say that right? Um, Benton- I think it's be- yeah. I think it's Bentoncourt. Yeah, Bentoncourt. Nuno Bentoncourt. Uh, Rob and I were talking before you got on the Zoom um, about two hours ago. I uh, was offered up free tickets to see Living Color open for Extreme tonight mm-hmm. in Anaheim. Oh, cool! Wow, you gotta I go. Can't go. I can't uh, go. Okay. Uh, and it's not because of this. Um, cause I could have done this and still made it down there. Yeah, um, yeah. it's my monthly, uh, poker game with the, the uh, fellas. And if, and the guy that would go with me is in the poker game. And if we don't go, there's no poker game and they would it. hate us. Yeah. So, but I'm bummed cause I've never seen extreme or living color. One of the guys I see at the gym all the time, uh, came up to me the other day and he's like, he showed me, you know, he showed me his phone. I'm like, Oh, it's Nuno. He's, and he, he went to that show, uh, in, in, I think it was in Detroit. And said it was excellent. Yeah, I bet. I've heard that tour is going really well. Oh, well, next time. But I don't want to wait too long because what I said earlier. They'll all be dead. That's it. it. We're losing too many too quickly. I got to be honest. 
It's crazy. But I mean, we knew this was going to come. Yep. We knew it. Yep. All right, Bump, what's your next one? Uh, it's Where Were You? And uh, another. this is another one of those, you know, like guitar masterclass songs. Um, this is, oddly enough, this is actually a Jeff Beck composition. So he's not really known for um, for writing songs so much. Um, but this is a Jeff Beck composition. And I will say that there is an excellent version of this when we were talking about live albums, man, I, I think if you're only going to own one Jeff Beck record, I would own the, the collection from Ronnie Scott's the live at Ronnie Scott's that album, that those, those performances with Vinnie Caliuta and, and with Todd Wilkenfeld are absolutely mind bogglingly good. I, I just think that's as, as good as it gets. So I'll, I'll put in that plug for, for, Jeff Beck's live record. I feel like you're rubbing it in Rob's face right now because you know he doesn't like live music. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's not that I I don't like live music. I just don't like to go to concerts. For me to go to a concert is like going to the airport. (laughs) There's a lot of bullshit. Okay. From the time you leave your house until somebody strikes a note. Okay. You're, you're. Look, I'm not going to argue with that. It's not easy. You can't snap your fingers and be there. I well, just went can, to see Cheap Trick five. last week and they were at this small place in Saginaw, Michigan. And it was the easiest concert I've ever been to. I mean, it's like, it was the perfect old man All right. concert. I mean, it was easy in, easy out. That's good. I mean, they were comfy chairs. Yeah. I mean, it was great. And the band was excellent too, but I totally agree with that. I mean, if you can get a concert where it's easy, like it, that was so easy. The thing that makes it easy for me is when I can get free tickets. This is, I'm just going to rub it in. I'll rub it in your face, Rob. These are, these are the artists I've seen for free in the last two months. Billy Joel, Daryl Hall, Kiss, Joan Jett, Brian Adams, The Tubes, and Cheap Trick. Jesus. I didn't drop any. And then on Tuesday, he went. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So Bump, this song, this is when he, this is, you're leaning heavy on the Jeff Beck's guitar shop. Yeah. I love it. You must love it. Yeah, I listen to it a lot. I mean, okay. Jeff Beck literally. Jeff Beck is on on heavy rotation on my phone. I mean, I, at the gym, I listen to Jeff Beck a lot. When you're blasting the quads, <laughs> here we go. This All is, of the above. Where were you? no one talk because sometimes on this show we do something called title fight where we have two songs that are different songs but they have the same title we're going to do that right now this is where were you by journey (laughs) 
another great riff. Here's the thing. Now we got to vote on which one we like better. I'm going to go with, uh, start with Rob. Back. Go to bump. Yes. Also back. No, I'm said they're, they're both so good. They're so different, but I'll go with Jeff Beck just because it's so, it's a standout. All right. I'm, I got to vote journey, even though I've already lost when I vote journey. It's all right. I, I'll change my vote. I'll go to Journey with you. I love that particular. I think that riff is just freaking great. Oh, and I just uh, the, the drums are great, and I love the 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 finger run down the keyboards. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that's the jam band Journey that I love, and that's on Captured, another great live yeah, record. Is. That's on Captured also. That's on Captured, and it's a great live record. Well, Rob's not going to listen to that. You can keep saying it. He's just not. <laughs> All right, my next track is from 2013. This is from Queen Drummer's, I can't form a sentence, Queen Drummer Roger Taylor's solo album called Fun on Earth. The song is called Say It's Not True and featuring Jeff Beck. Here we go. ask the musicians this why doesn't uh if you come in and you create that solo in the studio shouldn't you get a writer's credit on the song i don't understand how songwriting works aerosmith uh, it's all it's all credited to you know perry and steven tyler and then i don't know other people well, and then and then the you know the the guy who came up with the bass and the rhythm and the drums they don't get a songwriting credit how's that I think work? it goes back to a uh an older definition of what a song is and that is uh the melody and the lyrics yep. um it's a the sheet music is what you copyright and people who come in to put things on top of that don't necessarily get a writing credit. They can, but they don't often do. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. That's it. Because like, so again, this, I mean, I quite frankly of the bunch, like I, I've never heard this before. 
I mean, this is quintessential Jeff Beck playing. Yeah. And I love that track. I mean, I, I want to go listen to the whole rest of that track. I mean, because the thing that you hear, and Jeff Beck is a master at, at articulating a melody. And that's what he does there. But that's why you wouldn't expect him to get that songwriting credit because that's he's playing a melody that's already been written. But he's articulating it in, in, a, in a, his own way. But that's not a copyrightable thing. Gotcha. Um, well, let me say, in terms of songwriting, it's not copyrightable. I mean, the it's the the performance itself is is a cop, is copyrightable, but that's that isn't. Um, uh, it, so that's why you wouldn't get a songwriting credit, I would think. All right, that makes yeah. sense. I, I get it, Rob. Also, what you said about melody and lyrics. <laughs> Would you read Hoagie Carmichael's autobiography? I just know things. All right. What's your next? Uh, this makes sense. This song makes sense because you're Chef Rob. Rice like pudding. The, yeah, Who rice doesn't pudding. like rice pudding. It's from Beckola, 1969. It's from Truth, isn't it? Oh no, you're right, Beckola. Sorry. Beckola. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that off the top of my head. I'm actually reading it. All right, rice pudding. Is this going to make me hungry? Maybe. Right, right out of the gate, that's rocking. It sounds like Zeppelin, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah, sure does. It predates Zeppelin. Yeah, crazy. Good pick. Of course, he knew the people who were going to form Zeppelin, so maybe <laughs> they stole the sound from him. All right, moving on. This song title cracks me up. Tell us what it is, Bump. Um. So where are we now? We're at El Beco. Yes, El Becco. All right, El Becco from there and back. Is there a song there, El Bumpo on your new album? It's all El Bumpo, the whole oh. thing. It's just El, El Bumpo part one, part two, part three. I love it. Concept album. Sure. Tell us about this song, or should we just hear it first? Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those standout songs from there and back. I mean, there and back was my first Jeff Beck record. And, um, and I, I, you know, it's only eight songs. It's so weird when I go back and I listen to it. And I go like, wow, there's only eight songs. But it's just, you know, it was one of those, that record, my God, I, I wore it out. Um, you know, I just, at that time, I mean, when I was a teenager, I was just, I wore the vinyl out on that record. It, I guess quality, not quantity with the songs. Mm. Yep. Here we go. I made that up.
Bump, do you have Tony, a turntable at your home right now? I don't. I know that's not true. I have one, but it's not hooked up to anything. Not hooked up. Rob, do you have vinyl? Are you listening to vinyl LPs? No, I don't, I don't have anything. I have a bunch of CDs that are under the bed, but I don't have anything to play them on. I uh, I just do Spotify. All right. Yeah, I have a couple of turntables, a couple of speakers, uh, one upstairs, one downstairs. It just doesn't sound the same as it did in my bedroom. Like, I must have had some sweet speakers, or a sweet setup, because I can't get it to sound the way it did when I was a teenager. It's because you've you've blown out all that youthful. Could be it's all gone. It's never coming back. You that might be. You might be right. It's all those concerts you go to. <laughs> That's true too. That is true. Nice one. Uh, that was a great song. I liked El Beco. Great, great groove. And that's another Tony Hymas song. So Tony, Tony Hymas and, uh, and Simon Phillips. Yeah. And again, yeah, Simon Phillips. Fantastic. I love him. Just incredible. So a little promotion coming up on the show. I will be interviewing Desmond child. I don't know how I'm ever going to do that in 40 minutes. So many songs so to many talk songs. about. I mean, just an amazing songwriter. I can't wait to talk about kiss and Joan Jett and Aerosmith. Bon Jovi, Meatloaf, all the stuff that's in my uh, in my collection. So just a tease. Haven't recorded with him yet, but it's locked in. All right. Uh, I'm going to play a cover tune. This is Can We Still Be Friends? It's a Todd Rundgren song done by Rod Stewart in 1984. It sounds very 80s, but we get some Jeff Beck guitar on this. So here we go. Looking up Jeff Beck vinyl on Amazon. It looks like some of his albums are coming out September 15th on vinyl. It looks like Truth is going to come out. Mm. And order that right now for $18.99. That's pretty cheap for vinyl these days. So if you're listening, you might want to go over there and purchase that one. All right. I don't know why I'm promoting Amazon. I don't get any kickback from them. Moving on to Rob. That's okay. You guys can hold your thoughts on that one. I know you loved it. Uh, Actually, it it reminds me of the um, uh, Robert Plant solo album. Yeah. The the tone of the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar. Big Log. Yeah. Remember that that song, Big Log? It's very much like that. Yeah. That's exactly right. Very good. Good pull, Rob, and bump way to know the album title or the song. Uh, You're speaking of truth, so let's, let's do Beck's Bolero. All right. And I think arguably this might be the best known yeah. solo title of his. All right, let's find out. 
Nope, never heard of it. I'm, I'm joking. Here we go. I hate to, I hate to was, turn it off. It, this album was passed around between all the guitar guys in college. Um, we just traded it back and forth. Uh, it's a fantastic album. It's a great song. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just, it's nice. It's there, There's just so much there. There's something there for everybody. There's, uh, I, I, I think it came out about the time that uh, the, the Dudley Moore movie came out. Arthur? Nah, the one with the they're on the beach. Ten. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I got kicked out of the Blair Cinema. <laughs> Not even kidding. John yeah. Gallagher and I, we got kicked out of the Blair Cinema. Before we even saw any nudity. We bought a ticket for another movie. And then we snuck into ten. And uh, that didn't last long. That's when there were ushers people that would kick you out. Of the movie. Yeah, no. I, I got kicked out of Rollerball. They didn't even let us go back to our the movie we paid for, just out on the street. Sayonara. Poor, uh, poor man. I've still so, never seen the movie. It's not that good. I'm sure it holds up in 2023, right? Uh, so this did not come out at that time. So this no. is from 1966, and the songwriter on this song is actually ready for this. Jimmy Page. Hey. Yeah, Jimmy Page wrote this. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's quite an old uh, quite an old song. Did not know that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the extra step bump took to inform us doing some research. Yeah, it's making a, me it's, look like a fool. Thanks, bump. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's just old. And then he's he He's really going to rub it in your face. His next tune's live, according to what I... It's a live song. Live song. You might want to step out for a second and take your COVID meds. From who else? Yeah, 1999. There's another good... There's a good version of this on the Grammys live record that he did, too. Jeff Beck did a lot of live records. Um, I haven't listened to all of them. There's a bunch. There's Well, there's still time, Bump. Yeah, thank you. Here we go. Brush with the Blues live. From an album called Who Else? Exclamation point. Yeah. What's up with that? Who else? That sound cool. So sexy.
stop that one either that's excellent well i mean like that's the live music you're missing rob so so he can play a little huh a bit tiny bit i mean it's just the thing he's just there's such a human being at the heart of that guitar play you know i mean that's the thing i mean i was saying earlier about the about how it feels like sometimes like it could just all fall apart and I feel like that's the beauty of this partic- that particular piece is it gets so quiet at moments and it's then it gets so loud at moments. And somewhere in that, it just feels like it's all going to be dangerous and it's all going to blow up and it can't possibly go from the quiet to the, the loud without something bad happening. But somehow he guides us through it and it's, it, it's one of a kind. I feel like he's showing off, to be honest. All right, from 1998, the album's called Another World. The solo artist is Brian May of Queen. Nice. This song is called The Governor, G-U-V, apostrophe, N-O-R. Governor. The Governor. Here we go. Right, and we we definitely know that's not Brian because it doesn't sound at all like Brian's tone. Make way for the governor. What year was that again? That is around two thousand or something. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that was right. Like when Jeff Beck went into that home industrial kind of music stuff that he did, like who's who else, and you had it coming, and Jeff those records. And that was his sound at that time. It's so, it's very much that. Of the, of the time period for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, just that big sort of, that real thick sound uh, that he played with at that time. It's weird. I mean, there you go. Like Brian May elects to bring Jeff Beck in to play a solo on the Brian May record. I mean, like Brian May. I mean, so of course. um, It's funny on Queen's last proper studio album called Innuendo. Um, they uh they tricked uh Steve Howe to come in the studio and play mm-hmm. some Spanish guitar. Yeah. And, um, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> uh Rob, what do you got for us? 
Uh, let's see. I think we haven't done anything with Beck Bogart in a piece yet. Let's do Living Alone. All right. Now you skipped one. That's cool, though. You yeah, going to go back to it? Nah. All right. Cool. You have 16. You overdid it. I know. Overachiever. You must love homework. You do extra homework. I like what I like. All right. Beck Bogart with the people. Beck Bogart and a piece. Who's Bogart? Tell us who that is. Humphrey? I have no idea. They were both from Vanilla Fudge, right? Yeah. Isn't that where those two guys came from? Drummer and uh, bass, I would imagine. Bass, yeah. Uh All right. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Carmine Peace. All right, here we go. so many other bands in there you know yeah. there's a little zz top in there you can hear a little aerosmith there's a, just little bits and pieces that that they've pulled and put it all together and the album rocks it's very accessible it's very uh i would go as far as to say radio friendly all right that did sound great I looked over at my phone for a second and uh, it popped up and said Trump mugshot. So let me show you that. Look at this nice. asshole. <laughs> oh, boy, he's looking happy. Oh, uh, look at that fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. I leave I'm this scowling. Even, even though you you guys can't see it, I, I'm going to say, fuck this guy. All right. The funny thing is, is he calls it a witch hunt and he looks an awful lot like the Wicked Witch of the West right there. <laughs> he certainly does. It's just an orange version instead of green. It's the only, the only witch hunt where they found the witch, the cauldron, the book. Everything. He also he actually looks like a big fat oompa loompa. Mm. It's very the same color. Got the got the right. uh got the, the broom, the whole thing. Different movie, but you know what I mean. That <laughs> orange. Uh moving on. Bump. Yowza. Scatterbrain, blow by blow. Right. More jazz kind of influence. George Martin apparently really dug it. I mean, it's so it's so it's I mean, it's so different from the Beatles working with an instrumental artist. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to stop the talking. What's up? Sorry, he had an entire career before the Beatles. And they did a lot of jazz. See, I did not know that. And he was able to 
Go ahead. Well, I was gonna, he he was able to do a whole lot of like string arrangements and stuff on these records too, That's, you know, which was a a really strange thing. And I, I mean, I think that that this re- these records really changed Jeff Beck dramatically. And um, you know, if I go back and listen to th- across his career, like these records really are the like that. This is the this is the fulcrum. This is where things really ch- move and change well, a for him. Good producer can absolutely influence a band and change. I mean, it happened to you too. It happened to, um, well, of course it happened to the Beatles. Um, another famous producer was a Mutt Lang, um, changed Def Leppard. And they were, they were never the same afterwards because once you see how it's done, you can't go back. Yeah. You know, they're, you learn, you learn the studio tricks, you learn, how to how to build a sound, how to build a song. Um, a lot of producers get writing credits because of that fact. And George Martin produced a lot of acts after the Beatles. Um, and you can see his influence in, in them after the fact. Yeah, I love when a band finds or an artist finds its producer, you know, the way Scorsese works with De Niro. I just, I just love that, you know, even I if remember. it's John Mellencamp working with Don Gaiman or whoever it is, you, you get that pairing and it just works. One of the ones I remember the most about that was Seal. So Seal and Trevor Horn was, was his, uh, his producer and considered do, working, doing it, somebody else for the second record wound up going back to, to Trevor Horn because, you know, it's like some, some people just really know how to get it out of you yeah um and um and know how to how to create you know the right kind of context to to bring it out of you as well you know so for you to feel it so for sure yeah there's rolling stones albums produced by jimmy miller in the 70s i mean just just great they just knew it Mm -hmm. all right back to scatterbrain we're a little bit i'm a little bit scatterbrain is this my theme song Base behind that is incredible. Bump, I'm curious when you saw Jeff Beck, did he talk to the crowd? Did he introduce the songs? How did that go with uh, Jeff Beck? I have no idea what he would be like. He often doesn't say much. Um, you know, I mean, he plays and he says a couple things here and there, but um, uh, mostly it's just, you know, just moves through the songs. 
And occasionally he had, um, what's that guy, Jimmy, um, it was singing with him at the time. Um, can't think of Jimmy's last name. Anyways, he was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's toured with him off and on, you know, throughout the many years, but it wasn't one of his, you know, many female singers, uh, when I saw him. All right. Yeah. I was, uh, and was there, did, were there diehards there that knew the songs, right? When he would start them and you could tell, oh, that guy's a huge fan. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you know, it's like, I didn't always know all the songs by titles. I mean, but I've listened to this, you know, so yeah. many of these records just ad nauseum, you know, it sounds so. like a, a, the whole thing would be a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what the kids say. Uh, a little promoting some upcoming episodes next week. If you're listening to this episode right now, next week, uh, Joan Osborne is on the show. And we're talking about her new album, Nobody Owns You. And then the week after that, we're going to do one of our Versus episodes. It's going to be U2 Octung Baby going song for song with R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People. So that's what's coming up on the show. And we are back into some music. What do I got? What kind of crap do I have now? Oh, boy. Here we go. 1993, Duff McKagan releases a solo album called Believe in Me. Jeff Beck plays on this thing. This is going to be loud and uh, probably not great. Song is called Fucked Up Beyond Belief. Here we go. To be honest, better than I thought it was going to be. Got some constipated duck going for it, didn't it? Though had that clav going there. I heard it. Yeah, Yeah. that was better than I thought it was going to be. And I put this list together. All right, what do I know? That you just picked names. You didn't actually listen to the music. I did listen to that, but I did. It left my it left my head. Uh, back to Rob. There, there. Three periods in my life for Jeff Beck. The first one was sitting and listening to Blow by Blow and Mrs. Lover's class. And then the next time I'm cognizant of hearing him on MTV, uh, they had a video, Rod Stewart were doing the vocals. Uh, The album is Flash and it's People Get Ready. And that guitar sound literally whipped my head around. I had never heard anything like it before. And now I know what it is, but it's stuck in my head for years. And I love the song. Um, and I love that version of it. Um, and it wasn't until, I don't know, 10 years later that I realized that it was Jeff Beck. I thought it was a, a Rod Stewart song. Yeah, it is not. Uh, it is not a Rod Stewart song. It's a, 
It's a cover and it's not on a Rod album. It is on Jeff Beck Flash. So here we go. Stereo chorus. sounds great on that track too it was so unlike anything else that mtv was playing at the time it yeah and this really, came out, stood out year, for me yeah this came out after uh, the year after all those uh bullshit songs that i played earlier so they were writing the wrongs of the camouflage album i just couldn't see it yeah nice nice uh, we're okay bump you got you got two more yeah, two more. Um, so this is on the the next album, the, the album that came after Flash, after he took like four years off to build cars. Um, and they seduced him back to uh to do uh Jeff Beck's guitar shop. And so this is just the heavy duty one. Oh, Rob, by the way, on Scatterbrain, I just looked it up and you would said that you you liked the uh bass playing on it. So here's another Phil, uh, another Rod Stewart connection. It's Phil Chen that's Phil actually Chen. playing. Yeah, he's playing bass on that song. So that's that's two rock yeah. and pieces. Uh, rock and piece Jeff Beck, rock yeah. and piece Phil Chen. Yeah, yeah, he, he played on uh, on that. So um, so yeah, big block. This is, I mean, it's. I mean, this is, I, I think, the perfect kind of song for a song or for a record that's called his guitar shop that is, you know, represented as his auto shop. Yeah. So and, you know, how to get the guy back from, you know, making record, making uh, cars. And so it's got that sort of rhythm track that really just sounds like a big old engine just pumping away. Here we go. Big block.
so glad I bought this whole album uh, in the iTunes store. I think it was only like $7.99. And after I bought the three songs Bump was going to play, it didn't make any sense not to just purchase the whole thing. So it's so good. It sounds great. Yeah. Okay. During that song, what I did was I I pre-ordered a copy of that Truth, uh, Jeff Beck Truth on vinyl. I'm going to give that away to one of our Patreon supporters also. So if you don't win Tone Chaser, the Eddie Van Halen book written by Steve Rosen, you uh you could win Jeff Beck Truth on vinyl. How do you do that? You go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast and support the show for $2 a month. That's 50 cents an episode, you cheapskates. So why don't you do that? It doesn't cost anything. You set it and forget and you it. You don't even have to listen. You, you don't even have to listen. The That's money the beauty of it. You it's just like going to the gym. You win a prize. You can listen, but what? You don't have to. You don't have to. There's no obligation to listen. Listening's the fun part. Listening, sometimes it is. Today is (laughs) is a good one. I feel like this this is a master class in in Beckology. I just like listening to your podcast because it's like you're coming over to my house, only you're in California. And so, you know, but you're not here, but you are. It's like, hey, Pat's here. But it's but it's good because he leaves after two hours. <laughs> he doesn't drink all my that. beer. Doesn't drink. No, of course not. Um, I still do love doing the show, guys. If I didn't love it, I would not do it. I would not. I seriously, I would. There's I wouldn't do it. I love doing it. All right. Doing it. Here's a thank you. Here's what we got. I always think when I'm gone, my kids can find these, what are we, eight, 725 episodes? And they can Crazy. listen and and read and see what a jackass their dad was. Uh, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go one more Mick Jagger song from Primitive yes. Cool. This is called Say You Will. And uh, again, I love these Mick Jagger solo albums from the 80s. I don't care what anyone says. Here we go. the little uh, guitar solo in there hey it looks like beck ola is going to be on vinyl for 22.98 and blow by blow is going to be on vinyl for 18.99 did i buy the wrong one should i have bought blow by blow instead i would definitely be buying blow by blow but... yeah i should buy blow by blow right did you just of... buy truth is that what you said you bought? bought truth yeah yeah but it's so different i mean you know it's like now you got rod stewart but now now i'd go for the i'd go for the classic blow by blow man yeah. Feel it's like the it's superior album. I feel like it's a hassle to cancel it, though. Buy right. both. If I can, I am, but yeah, I mean, you know, hey, I'm going to give away a vinyl, a brand new vinyl copy of a Jeff Beck album. That's what. That's all you need to know. Right. Don't give it to me because I got nothing to play it on. Right. I actually, I actually asked both of you guys if you had vinyl because I was going to send you each a copy just for doing the show. But Jeez. now I don't have Thank to. No, I don't got to. Do I inherited that. my sister's. Uh, uh, turntable and it's it's one of those ones that you, you can digitize with you know oh, okay. so it's got that but I just haven't hooked it up to any. all right I get it 
It's mm-hmm. it's uh, look, listening to vinyl is a hassle. Not going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. You got to flip it after, like in the middle of like doing something. All of a sudden, the music stops and the needle's getting closer to that paper label, and I got to go fuck and run. You and know? that's why eight-track tapes are superior to vinyl. They never. They just, they just keep going. Keep going. Going. I mean, try taking a ter- turntable to the gym with you. You know what I mean? Or in the car. It's really hard. It's quite, you know, when I listen to vinyl, it's a pro it's I, I like I it's a whole thing. I sit down, I hold the jacket, maybe I have a beverage of some sort, probably with uh, you know, three X's on the bottle. Nice. Uh, hooch. Hooch that I made in the in the prison in the toilet. Bathtub. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Rob, what do you got for us? You have many songs left. Well, they're all things that Beck played on that I didn't know that he had played on. Yeah. Some pretty um, cool stuff. But I was looking up all the, all the people he's played with. I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't realize he played the solo on the single edit of Tina Turner's private dancer. Yeah. Incredible. He played with uh, Kate Bush played with the pretenders. I put that in one just for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and he played with uh, the last thing he ever Recorded was with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to play them all. Play them. I will. I will play. I'm going to play that Pretenders "Legalize Me" from Viva El Amor. That is an underrated album from 1999. It's fantastic cover photo taken by Linda McCartney, Chrissy Hine. It's a fantastic album. So I'm going to play that. And how strange is it that Ozzy Osbourne lives? And Jeff Beck is deceased. I know. I mean, that guy has like a hundred lives. All right. This is legalize me. And you're going to hear some Jeff Beck soloing. Got an update on getting Chrissy Hind on the show just the other day. Mm-hmm. See if I pull open my email. I'll read it exactly as uh, it came in. Dear Pat, no <laughs> fucking way. Leave me alone. Quit calling. This is from uh, her their publicist. You see it. I wrote. We are about one month out from the new Pretenders album. Any word of Chrissy will be doing some Zoom interviews to promote the release. As you know, she's my favorite vocalist and the number one on my guest wish list. Here's what I got. Unfortunately, no. Though, your request is with management. And then he put dot, dot, dot and the word trying with an exclamation point. So, it's not over. Nice. It's never over. It's never over. Never over. Never For me, over. it's not. At some point, it becomes stalking. Remember that. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, not sending her, I'm not sending her an email. Um, 
I feel like we should also listen right now to this uh, Ozzy Osbourne thing since yeah, it's the last thing. I mean, there's probably stuff in the vaults that'll come out. Before we do that, I just want to say one, a couple of things about Chrissy Hine and about the pretenders on that that song because I'd never heard that one, and I guess Chrissy and Jeff were really great friends. Yeah. So they 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 seemed they shared hair. Apparently, they had yeah. the same hairstyle. <laughs> um, but they were good friends, and I'm surprised in that particular song too. I don't know if you've heard any of the Jeff Beck sort of rockabilly stuff that he does. He was a big James Burton fan, and so and um, he's phenomenal at it i mean like you you wouldn't listen to that particular solo and go i'll bet the guy can really rock it you know rock a gretsch guitar too but he does he can really play that stuff beautifully too and that song sounded to me like i'm like i wonder why he didn't go rockabilly on that it would maybe harken back to you know some of the james honeyman scott stuff too um because that song seemed to have that kind of more of a, a traditional sort of rockabilly kind of you know rhythm section going you know with it so that's an interesting choice for him uh i like i like the uh i like the information i think you're exact 100 right and uh again go listen to that album tomorrow viva mm -hmm. el amor 1999 i think it's underrated you can let me know what you think cool all right this song is called a thousand shades it's from the album patient number nine 2022 ozzy osbourne featuring Mr. Jeff Beck. Here we go. Obviously, Jeff Beck showed no signs of slowing down. He passed that away. Guy was, pneumonia, he was 78 right? when he did that solo, right? Okay. So he was like 77, 78 when he yeah. did that record. Let's just keep that in mind. Everybody listening, 70 freaking eight years old. Yeah. Right? Come on. I know. It's uh, God bless any, us. Any young gunslinger would, would want to sound like that. 78. And again, he he got he caught pneumonia, right? Yeah, it was some kind of a bacterial Sublice. infection. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, wasn't sick, just got sick, and that yeah. was sometimes. Sometimes with encephalitis, you don't know until it's too late. I had a friend pass away like that. Yeah. We thought he was drunk. Turns out his brain was being eaten. Yeah. Oh my god, I might have to go get checked. <laughs> uh, bump. Let me see yes, what you've got for us. A, a Grammy award-winning song. Ooh. Ends mine. Yeah. Hammerhead. Okay. And I've mentioned Tall Wilkenfeld a whole bunch of times, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, and uh and this features her on. So this is this is one of the, the songs that she actually recorded with him. 
Okay, let's hear it. This is Hammerhead. winning fantastic best rock instrumental performance of 2011 that's amazing huzzah huzzah yeah and tall's on it i i keep bringing her up but if you've ever heard her um solo album um uh love remains there's a song called killing me on it then i it's like that song literally just it it's like it it ha- it does what it's what the title says. It's just like it just kills me. I listen to that song. I'm like, my God, that's good music. Does she also does sing, or is it just yeah. instrumental? She no, does. It's, she sings on this. All the right. first her first record that's the the jazz record. Um, there's no there's no singing. Um, right. But this one there is. She's uh, bump. If I ask you who your three favorite guitar players are of all time, could you do it? Well, definitely Jeff. I mean, I would say Jeff's my favorite electric guitar player. There's okay. just, there's, I mean, hands down, he's my favorite electric. Guitar and then player. let me guess favorite acoustic player, James Taylor. Um, I do really love him. I would have to say though, as a guitar player's guitar player, I'd have to go Michael Hedges. All right. And yeah. stole my thunder. Well, maybe, well, then I'll go khaki King. Cause I really love khaki King as well. Now you're just making up names. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I didn't ask who your favorite cast member of new zoo review was i ask you who your favorite there's a reference kids look that up hey rob what about you three favorite guitar players i don't even know if i can do it i gotta look around the room uh acoustic guitar definitely michael hedges um i really love frank zappa um and uh the third slot you could put jeff beck in there there's uh Let's go ahead and do that. We'll put Jeff Beck in the third slot. I think Pete Townsend's probably my third. I'm just a big Pete Townsend fan. I love him. Yeah. It's horrible with soloing. No. No. Listen to Eminence Front. Uh-oh, he was go. so good. Now it's so good. He just didn't do a lot of it. I have a fight now. All right. He didn't Hold do on. a lot of it. And I don't think he was very good at it, but he did okay. All right. Hold on. If Eminence you guys are going to fight, hold on. Nice. All right. You guys can have at it now. All right. Hey, sound effects like it's morning radio. Um, all right. I uh my my last song I'm gonna use as the playoffs. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. What are your three? Who are your three? I don't even guitars? know. I don't even know if I can I don't even know if I can pick. 
It sounds stupid well, to say Eddie Van Halen sometimes because it seems like it's like when someone, what's your favorite band? And someone says the Beatles. I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? Of course it is. You know what I mean? So I just, uh, I do like Brian May. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, it's hard. I think we mentioned the the pretenders. If James Honeyman Scott would have lived any longer, I think that he would be on that list. I mean, because he was. Yeah. I mean, the first, the that first pretenders record is. I mean, that guitar playing is just so special. Well, she's, I mean, it's outstanding. Chrissy said he was the sound of the band, not her. Yeah. It's yeah. him. He's so good. Yeah. So good. Where are we at? We're me. Oh, well, my my last one's going to be the playout one. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe Hi-Ho Silver Lining, was that his first solo recording? Well, that's him singing, right? Might be, yeah, it is. Him. I think this is him singing. This is because, and this is at the same time he wanted Rod to sing this, and the management said no. They said yeah. no, no, no. This is the Jeff Beck group. You've got to sing one, and this is they brought in a hit. Like they were like, this is going to be the hit. Yeah, here and it is. So you have to do it. So apparently, he very reluctantly sang this song. Well, that's what our playout song is going to be. You guys Love. won't hear it because I put it in after the fact when we do these Zoom shows but nice. i want to thank you guys for doing this you guys brought some knowledge that i don't have uh as musicians and as huge jeff beck fans heck yeah i guys... thank you guys both you guys were phenomenal i mean mike i loved the songs that you guys picked great shot great stuff yeah you picked stuff i didn't i didn't know and then of course there was everything with with pat well, I think we did give a well-rounded uh, <laughs> look at Jeff Beck's career. Do you guys now? Do you guys want followers on your social media? Do you want people to find your Instagram? I mean, Bump, you're gonna you're gonna put out some music, so you probably want people to follow you on Instagram and then find out when that's available. I don't even care if anybody ever listens to the record. It's I just, just for you. I just you're need just to doing make it for it. you. I just need to make it. It's so fun. I'm happy. I. I you know, I'm really happy with it so far. I really All right, like. Cool. And you've been sending me clips, and I have not. I have not been listening. Okay. Because I'm. I. I. I gotta wait. I gotta listen. As a, I like the album I, listening experience. Don't worry. I don't worry. I, it's we're, we're we're getting close now. So you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'll send it to you when it's done. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> so you're not going to give out your Instagram. I, I'm just. I, what is it? What am I on Instagram? I don't have my phone here. I think I was, I'm. I am. I am Dr. Bump, I think is it, All right. right? Yes. At I, I am Dr. It. Bump. Yeah. And Rob? Um, I play regularly on ukulele in the park down the street. All right. When the weather's good. All right. Um, when it's not, you can find me in the uh, entry hall of my apartment. Are you busking? Do you put a hat out? Nobody comes by. You find, Ukuleles you found... are good for that. It's a good and the way dog keep... runs around while you do this? Uh, mostly she goes into another room. I mean, in the park. Oh, she, we don't take her to the park. All right. I'm not insane. <laughs> She'll upstage me. You All right. Follow animal acts. No, it's true. All right. Well, class of 82 is in the house. Whoop, whoop. Holidaysburg nice. area, senior high school. Go Tigers. Go uh, the Golden Tigers. Golden Tigers. Golden Tigers. Golden Tigers. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate our text thread. 
I appreciate the friendship and I appreciate that you guys would take time to record this show so that I could uh, beg people for $2 a month. It really means a lot to me of which you guys will never see any of that money. No righteous bucks. In fact, I, I think uh, two, two dollars a month is what I give you. <laughs> That's right, Rob. You do give me Could two, two and so dollars. Like I want my two dollars. So, does, two so dollars. does your so does your wife, and you guys never enter to win any prizes. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. You it's don't want book, that book. Don't, you don't want a book. I have a tiny New York City apartment. Something comes in. Something's got to go out. <laughs> That's all there is to it. And there's a new I, ukulele, so you know something had yeah. to go out. What if I was giving away a ukulele? Then maybe we used, we used to have two dogs. Now I have seven ukuleles. <laughs> nice. All right. My kids I, just moved out. So I got extra room now. So yeah, I tell you, you I'm, I'm going to buy a damn guitar. Yes. <laughs> I'm sending my dog to you and getting another one. Good the job. Nest, the nest is empty. All right. With that, guys, thank you, Rob Wilson. Thank you, Dr. Bump Hallbritter. Thank you, listeners. And please enjoy. Jeff Beck on lead vocals. This is Hi Ho Silver Lining. See you guys. Sunday.